Hello, everybody. Welcome. Once again, as we continue on in the study that we're doing in the New Testament, verse by verse, we are in Matthew chapter 5. And so, uh, hopefully you've been reading along, reading ahead, uh, staying current, finding out what's going on. And uh, we're going to pick up the discussion beginning in chapter 5. So far, we've, uh, we've looked at and seen um, sort of the genealogy and what that means. And uh, we talked about uh, uh, the entrance of, of Christ into the scene, His birth. We've talked about John the Baptist and uh, how he was preparing the way of the Lord, bringing a uh, uh, sort of a new message in a new way, sort of shaking things up, making, getting things ready for Jesus. Um, we looked at the baptism of Jesus, the temptation of Jesus, and now at the end of chapter 4, he had begun to uh, present his ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Uh, and we pick up the action in Matthew chapter 5, and Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7... Um, are commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Because it was at this point where Jesus uh, sort of gets up on a mountainside and begins to teach the people that are following Him. And uh, it's a pretty interesting deal. We'll talk about that more in a second. Let me go ahead and read to you. And you can read along if you want. I put them in your bulletin. You can open your Bibles, however you want to get there in Matthew chapter 5. And this is what's happening In Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, verse 1, He went up on the mountain, and after He sat down, His disciples came to Him. He opened His mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a blanket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until it is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother brother, shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the supreme court, and whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, 
and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way, so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you, for it is better you lose to, for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced one commits adultery. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is at the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces, forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes um, his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So here we have Matthew chapter 5. Like I said, uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount. How it's sort of known. And, and uh, I like the setting. I like the idea of Jesus going on a mountainside to teach and all these people falling around. And I like the way that it says he sat down to teach. Um, uh, because it, it gives me a reason to sit down. And because uh, um, people have asked me something, how come you sit down? Because it's in the Bible. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, it was very common for the rabbis of the time to sit and teach. And uh, that's, that was their method. Remember, you know, we're trying to dig into the history of all these things as well that um, what you had going on in the system, and let me just review it for you, is that um, the Jewish people took their children and they learned the Bible at a very, very young age. And so beginning at the age of three, four, five, six, seven, they went to certain schools and they were taught at that age the first five books of the Bible, of our, our Bible. We, we know it as the Pentateuch but, or the Torah. And, and so they would learn Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And because, you know, it's not like now where everybody's got a Bible here in this country. Um, in, a, in, a, in a community, they may have had one or two uh, of the scrolls uh, in the synagogue. And so they memorized them. And the children were taught them. 
and memorize them. The, the children uh, the, at the next stage, the ones who really seem to took to that, they learn then the next chunk of Scripture and um, in, in the next part of their school. And then uh, from there, they would either go into trade schools or they would begin to look for rabbis to sit under. And at that point, they would finish off their teaching. And, and generally, rabbinical students who sat under rabbis could uh, recite to you the entire Old Testament. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. But that's how they did it. And then when they found a rabbi that they could sit under, the rabbi had to accept them, they would take on this rabbi's yoke. And um, that would be the way that the rabbi taught and his rules and regulations that he had accepted as being the right ones that tied this all this big deal together. And um, they would sit and listen to him teach and they would discuss. And because they had it all memorized, you know, it was more than memorization. They would, they would take it in and they would, they would try and know viewpoints from other rabbis and, and they would push this all together. And this was the way that their training took place. So the Jewish people were pretty knowledgeable at every level in, in what the scriptures had to say to them at the time because they'd been taught them from youth. And so all of them had a real good understanding of at least the five, first five books. And uh, many of them even further than that. So when Jesus comes and he begins to gather followers, they come around him, they're, they're beginning to sit and listen to him teach uh, as this rabbi. And, and so he was, he was beginning this process. Now, um, this teaching is, is absolutely related to what happened in the last chapter where he's now presenting the kingdom of God at hand and repentance, the message of repentance and that the kingdom of God is here. Remember, this is a new deal for the people uh, of Israel. This is, this is like the whole idea. That, you know, they, they thought that it was rules and regulations. And Jesus had come and said, no, it's repentance. The kingdom of God is at hand. And so they have a lot of questions because this is all new. And, and I, would, I think that they're gathering there because their questions are things like, well, am I eligible to enter into Messiah's kingdom? Am I righteous enough to qualify for entrance? And until this point, the only standard they had is what the Pharisees had been teaching and, and, and the religious leaders of the day. So you have to look at the text with the understanding that, that uh, Jesus is teaching now in the light of his offer of the kingdom to Israel and their need for repentance. And ultimately, the Sermon on the Mount shows how a person in relationship with God ought to conduct his life. What we often try and do is we try and get to this text and we try and get real legalistic with it. Uh, and you don't want to do that you're going to hear Jesus saying these words. You have heard it said, and then he'll say something. But I say to you, every time he says that, he is contradicting what the Pharisees had been teaching. Every single time. You've heard it said, but I say to you in the process. And so we need to begin to see what's happening with that. Now, the text begins with something that's commonly referred to as the Beatitudes. Almost everybody here, I'm sure, has heard of the Beatitudes. The, the nice little things that all start with blessed. Blessed statements. The Beatitudes. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. The word blessed there means happy. Or it may mean fortunate. Uh, depending on, on what translation you're reading it from. And it starts out by turning everything upside down. Because let me, let me just uh, we'll run through them real quick. 
He starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. And what that means is that, that blessed are people who realize their need. That they're not in and of themselves enough. Blessed are those who mourn. Matthew 5, 4. They realize that God is the one who can help them. And, and because they're going to find comfort in the realization there's a need, and then they can go to God and He will meet them there. Blessed are those that are meek. Matthew 5, 5 are people who realize it's not all about them. And we've been talking about that lately. That was the, our discussion on the weekend. That it's not all about us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Matthew 5, 6 are those who have a desire to grow closer to the Lord. To, to have a zeal. To, to want to continue to know who He is. Have relationship with Him. Blessed are the merciful. Matthew 5, 7. These are people that extend mercy to others because it's a picture of the mercy that has been extended to them. Mercy and grace. Part of the amazing gifts that we've been given in the Lord and that we're to continue to walk in to demonstrate the picture of how He gives them to us. Blessed are the pure in heart. Matthew 5, 8. Uh, These are people that understand their need to ask for and receive forgiveness. Blessed are the peacemakers, Matthew 5, 9. People that understand that the peace of God is available in relationship with God. It's not something that's achieved by outward circumstances. Matthew 5, 10. Shows that the true people of the kingdom desire and possess God's righteousness, uh, even though it brings them persecution. See, it was, it was something that uh, they, uh, they knew that this was the way that they needed to walk and, and uh, how important it was. Now, these attitudes and why they're so important are in direct conflict with the attitudes of the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. The religious leaders of the day were primarily concerned with external things. How things looked. Appearance. That's what mattered to them. How they looked, what it looked like. The things that they did for God were all about standing and looking right. Jesus said, look, it's not about what's happening on the outside. It's about what's happening on the inside. And he's looking at the heart. See, if your outward stuff isn't happening because of an inward change, you're not getting it. Um, And what you become quickly is a legalist. And legalists can't have grace and mercy for other people because they're all bound up in rules and regulations. And so, when you're living... When you begin to live a life and trying to live for God, and, and it becomes responsibility... Oh, these are my responsibilities. These are things that I must do. Instead of being a response to the love of God, you get, you get real critical real fast. Because you, you, are, you, you, get, you get this thing on you, and then you want everybody else to have to go through what you're going through. And so you, you can't love people well, because you're not being loved well. See, it's, it's as we receive God's love, our response to it is to begin to change the way that we live. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to make those changes. 
Uh, and so the entire dynamic is different. Jesus is, is totally flipping everything upside down. His, his entire ministry took everything that, that people had sort of figured out in, in religion and went, yeah, you've missed the entire deal. It's like this. Boom! And he flips it over. That's why there's so much... They just, all the whole time, they're, they're scratching their heads because he has totally undone everything that they'd been taught. They'd been taught a complete system of, of a religious way to reach to God, and it didn't work. Jesus came and said, guys, it don't work. You've, you've, you've taken it and messed it all up. You've, you've turned you know, worship into a den of thieves. You've, you've, you've wrecked the whole deal. People can't get to God because of what you've done. He said, it's not like that. It's like this. And, and this is sort of the core of Matthew 5. It happens in those verses in 17 through 20. And, and uh, he says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others through the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> they're, they're going, what? Because these are the people that have been held up as the holy people. The ones who look like they have it all together. The ones who've been telling us what we're supposed to be doing. We're not going to make it. And, and his whole deal is, is it, he's demonstrating his relationship to the law. See, Jesus isn't coming to present a new system. He's coming to fulfill the way God had always intended it to be. He's coming to present relationship with God. Not a series of rules and regulations, but an ongoing Love walk that, that causes us to respond to him. In, and in, in that relationship, covered by the Beatitudes, realizing we have needs, God's the only one that can fill them. We, we, we desperately need him in our lives in the process. You get the whole thing is all about having this amazing relationship with God, uh, being humble and gentle and, and thirsting and desiring a greater relationship with God, knowing the mercy we've gotten and extending it to others, um, um, asking for forgiveness because we realize that we, we, we sin and we need forgiveness, getting the, the idea of what peacemaking is really all about, living in, uh, in a peaceful uh, place with God in our lives, and that if we're doing it right, people aren't going to like it because most people would rather have some sort of rules and regulations. You know why? It's easier to follow. That's why so many people turn to them. It's, most people would much rather hear, what are the rules? Then, what do you mean I have to work this out with God? What do you mean I need to spend time with God? What do you mean I need a relationship with God? I don't have time for that. Just give me the rules. Give me the top ten. Let's go for that. The problem is we can't fulfill the top ten. He gave us the top ten once to let us know top ten don't work. Rules don't get it. The Ten Commandments, you couldn't keep those. So, so, and now, a lot of times you go to places and they come up with a new top ten. They don't work. If it's not coming from here, it's not working. And so, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship. Jesus was saying, you missed the point. It's about hanging out with me. And out of that relationship, your life will change. Because you'll want it to. It's not it, because you're going to be in love with God and realize that that's what it's all about. So... These attitudes 
that he's giving are so different from those of the Pharisees because the Pharisees were not poor in spirit. The Pharisees did not mourn in recognition of their need. The Pharisees were proud and harsh. They weren't humble and gentle. Do you see the huge contradiction that's taking place here? And so he's tossing it all out there right up front. Now, this is how it works, guys. This is what relationship with God is all about. And then he begins to teach on these series of things that uh, uh, he says, um, you have heard it said, uh, and I say to you. And, and then he begins to go after all these little regulations that had been tossed out there by the top rabbis of the day. And they'd missed the, the point of it. And he's saying they, they've tried to reduce what should happen in the context of a living loving relationship between you and God to a series of regulations and laws. And every time they've done that, they've missed the mark because you can't do it. And he said, so, so they say this, but I say to you, look, you missed the heart of it. It's not, it's not that you actually did those things, the external things. If you thought about it, you're missing the mark. If, if you, if you, and, and it's not enough to say, well, I didn't do those things because you could get self-righteous, see? He's saying, you can't make it without me. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You won't do it without Jesus. You can't get there. You cannot get there from here without Jesus. And, and it's the realization that makes a difference in our lives. And he's saying it's so important that you get this, you'd be better off plucking your eye out than not getting this whole deal if you can't see it. Cutting a hand off would be better than, than not hearing the point that I'm about to make, that I'm trying to get. It's, it's, they're not giving you a way in. The way in is in me. The way in is in relationship. And that's what Jesus is teaching here in the fifth chapter of Matthew. So, so look at those things, because so many people want to get a hold of this text and really make it very legalistic. And you need to know he's, he's saying, look, it's not, I'm fulfilling it, and it's fulfilled in relationship. And it's fulfilled as you respond out of relationship with God. Repent. Realize your need for a Savior. Come to Jesus. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And begin to live the way he's always intended you to. That's sort of the beginning message here in Matthew chapter 5. And we're out of time. We'll pick it up in Matthew chapter 6 next week, all right? I may touch on the, the forgiveness verses a little bit more before we go on uh, next week. But, but we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you for uh, being involved. You're watching on the video. If you're in one of the uh, video venues, they'll pray for you there. Um, we're going to go ahead and get prayer requests and pray here. So go ahead and shut things down upstairs. Thank you. If you have prayer requests, pass them up to me. And I will be happy to pray for you. Don't forget, if you have questions, write them in there, fill them out, and uh, I will get to them in the weeks ahead.